Dragon the Peg is recorded on Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, the Cree, the Oji Cree, the Dakota, and the Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Welcome to Dragon the Peg, a podcast exploring the lives and careers of drag performers living in Winnipeg, Canada. My name is Graham Houston, and I'll be your host. Today's guest is one of our city's current most sought-after performers, and if you've seen her live or just checked out her Instagram, you'll understand why. It's hard to believe she only moved to our city just a little over a year ago. Ever since, she's combined high concepts with lowbrow comedy, commentary with glamour, and grace with hilarity. I don't think there's too many lists of local fans' favorite performers without her name at the top. So without further ado, please help me welcome the mother of the House of Wolves, Feather Talia. Hi, I am Feather Talia. I am a Winnipeg drag queen. A Winnipeg drag queen now? Now, yeah. For, is it 11 months now? It's been, yeah. 11 months. At time of recording. When this is released, it'll okay. be a year. It'll be over and, a year. A year and a couple weeks. Feather, I'm particularly excited about this interview because mm-hmm. I feel like this is my chance to really get to know you. Yeah. I I don't really talk about my personal life. Which I think is why this is a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's scale it back all the way as far as you think is relevant. Tell me about your life before you started drag. So before I started drag, I lived in foster care for nine years. Um, in Regina. Well, not in Regina. Oh, really? It was actually on a, a reserve close to my reserve. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. assumed it was in Regina. Nope. It was, yeah, on the reserve. What was the reserve called? Daystar. Is that also in Saskatchewan? Yeah. It's like 20 minutes away from my reserve. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know my reserve was Muscogee mm-hmm. when I grew up in Daystar. So you were in there for until you were how old? I was 13. That's when my mother got custody back with me, my brother, and my sister. You said there was a very surprising twist to your childhood that I'm very excited to hear. Yeah, I uh, I grew up pretty Christian. A Christian? A very non-denominational Christian. Wow! Yeah, it was like leaving the reserve, going into like city life, which was Regina, which is not big at all. <laughs> I went into Christianity, full force. I guess I shouldn't sound surprised because there are lots of queer people that practice Christianity, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I just don't know many of them. No, me neither. So, when did you know that you were queer? I've always known. Yeah. Yeah, since I was young. I knew I was always different. So, how did you reconcile your Christianity with your queerness? Well, I mean, I decided to, like, not develop those feelings with my queer identity i was just gonna live a straight life forever yeah i was gonna get married to a nice christian woman and you know at age 13 you said for the rest of my life yeah literally like i went to private christian high school i went into christian college for a semester before i decided i didn't want to do that when did you discover christianity i discovered christianity through my mother she got into Christianity when she was in a bad place in her life, and it brought her closer to God, I guess, and made her want all of us kids back. And then that's when I got into Christianity, because like, it was, I'm not saying it was forced on me, but it was forced on me, and I 
went in at full force, like, if this is what my mother wants, then this is obviously what I have to do. And I did that for literally years, like 10 years. Wow. So until you were 23 No, Okay, sorry. Eight years. 21. So 21. Mm-hmm. You moved to Regina, big city. Oh. 14, moved to Regina. Oh, 14, moved to Regina. Yeah. Big city. Big city. Huge city. Huge city. <laughs> Massive compared to Winnipeg. Can't believe it. Right. <laughs> when was the first time that you saw a drag show? Me and my sister and one of our friends decided to go to Q, which is the queer bar there in Regina. The only one still there. <laughs> Been there for years. And we decided to go in just like see what was happening. And I guess there was a drag show. I had no, no idea what drag was because like growing up, super Christian, you don't see that. And like I was just like starting to get to know like my gay, uh, like what gay icons and learn your history. Yeah, exactly. And I seen some big women who obviously weren't women, and I was like, what is <laughs> happening? It was during my drag mother now her year as Miss Gary Regina, and she was performing last, and so we went in, we watched some performances, and while I was watching her, I was in awe, because like, I was like, who does this? Like, this is amazing. And I thought, it's like, I kind of want to do this. Like, I, I want to feel how that feels, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, And then, yeah, started practicing makeup behind closed doors. Classic bedroom queen. Yeah, I was a bedroom queen. And then when did you make your debut? story was I started volunteering at drag shows because they always need volunteers because it's it's voluntary like based so they needed help and I decided I would help out because who doesn't like helping right me <laughs> me too sometimes <laughs> um so yeah I just started, decided to start helping volunteer at these drag shows when I was doing makeup in my room I got the confidence to post a few looks on my Instagram and I they were getting shown around at the bar after the show and people were like you should try drag you should try drag and I was like well no like and I gotten pretty intoxicated mm-hmm. like cause like I didn't start drinking until I was 21 right mm-hmm. and so they convinced me to do drag <laughs> <laughs> they convinced me to do drag and I foolishly agreed I foolishly agreed and did it and yeah since then I trailblazer no I was kidding I don't know. no truly you were <laughs> After that first show, mm-hmm. how'd you feel about your first show? Well, I thought I did poorly, but everyone loved it. And, you know, like, after the whole week, I go, I was on, like, that high, you know, where, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, I did drag. Like, I'm so good. Yeah, you're like, I'm her. Yeah. I was on my high horse, and I went to another drag thing the day after. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm the new queen. I was just... You were feeling everything. I was feeling it. And then my roommate... Well, my roommate, before I moved with her, mm-hmm. uh, Nikki, was like, you need to stop this. You need to, like, settle down. You're, like, you're no better than anybody. Like, put me in my place. Mm-hmm. And then I was so appreciative. I was like, okay, yeah. It is easy to fall into that, like, mm-hmm. overconfidence. Oh, yeah, 100%. And also easy to fall into low confidence. So you were put in your place. Mm-hmm. But then Miss Gay Regina. Oh, yeah. But then I, yeah, I kept doing it. And then after my first performance, um, I should mention, the Lexi Trebel, who doesn't do drag um, anymore. They convinced me to run for Miss Gay Regina, and me, not thinking, decided, why not? Sure, why not? I'm not going to win. Like, It's all for fun, right? Miss Gay Regina, which is roughly the equivalent of like the Miss Club 200 of Winnipeg, Mm -hmm. for listeners. 
yeah, so I did it. And my second time performing was uh, introducing me as a candidate for Miss Gary Jaina. And I somehow won. You won as a baby queen. I was that's crazy. Queen, yeah. Is that uncommon in Regina? Because that's uncommon in Winnipeg. I don't know. Honestly, I don't think so. Nope, yeah, it because is. Because I think if a baby in Winnipeg ran after mm-hmm. only performing once for Miss Club 200, it would be extremely unusual. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. Yeah, so I won that, and so it was like a year title that I had to fulfill. That's a big responsibility for somebody who just performed like once before. Yeah, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Also took Lala's place. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that one year reign mm-hmm. as Miss Kate Regina, how did you feel after it was done? You'd integrated into the scene. Mm-hmm. You knew a little bit more about it. How did you feel? Well, during the year, I did want to quit drag a few times just because, like, I thought it wasn't for me. Like, I'm not someone that wants to bring attention to myself or, like, make people look at me. Like, I am much <laughs> of an introvert. And, like, I like to stay behind the scenes. Which is very funny. Yeah, because like to hear, because Feather's so huge. Mm-hmm. She's a big girl. Not like, like <laughs> she's like kidding. larger yeah. than like her person. She's oh my god. No, I know. <laughs> I've been exposed. <laughs> the scandal's begun. Feather's like Feather's such like a an overwhelming presence of mm-hmm. of like I don't know extrovert energy. Yeah, on stage. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I just didn't like the spotlight, and I was when I was. Crown Miss Gay Regina, I was also crowned, like, Regina's Indigenous Queen. Was that, like, a title? No, it wasn't a title, but, oh. like, that's how people saw me. Mm-hmm. And that's how people, like... Like, I was introduced like that sometimes, and I was like, why, though? Like, why is that happening? And, like, I just felt like I wasn't doing anyone proud doing drag. I don't know, like, I was just in my head. I didn't think I deserved to be Miss Gay Regina or having titles. But also, that's, like, a really heavy crown to wear. Mm-hmm. Like, Regina's indigenous queen, one and only, here she is, representing mm-hmm. an entire yeah. an entire category of human beings. Yeah. Like, people, there was mixed people, like, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't identify with that, you know? Yeah. And I would. And it was, it was my trick. I was, I called myself the Prairie Pocahontas. Wow. I have seen your Pocahontas look, and it is really mm-hmm. sickening. Thank you. Yeah, because, like, that's, you didn't see that in drag, in Regina. No. There was no representation whatsoever, besides me. So, mm-hmm. uh, you're in Regina. You're not completely content with your position. Mm-hmm. You finished your reign. Mm-hmm. Let's start the scandal. Let's expose Feather Talia. Okay. Let's get it in. Why did you want to move to Winnipeg? A big question. It is a huge question. While I was doing drag in Regina, I came to Winnipeg for a few different functions, like for their court like and I got to know a few good people like my first coronation in Regina we had we had some big names like Satina Loren like Lita Tequila mm-hmm. Sharon Sherlake they, they came to Regina and just I was blown away how nice and like how nice they were how amazing like they treated me like and I was nobody I mean I was somebody but like I wasn't known in the court yet and you know that's the whole like that's another like a whole ass international yeah yeah, I didn't. No one knew who I was, but they they opened their arms and like, hey, what's up? Like, pat on the back, you're doing great, and that made me feel great, and that what made me think about what Winnipeg, like, not knowing what is in Winnipeg until I decided to come here for an event that Foxy and Dusty were hosting with their court. Foxy yeah. and Dusty? Duchess. 
Oh, the, the Duchess event. Okay, sorry. Duchess, yeah. yeah. So that would have been like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three. Two? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, um, I came here. I met Prairie Sky. Prairie Sky. She's been mentioned in every single episode to date so far. And I love that because she should be. It's a whole ass thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you met Prairie Sky. Yeah. Uh, well, how I met her, Satina, I was like, oh, here's another native queen. Prairie Sky. And I was like, hi. Because <laughs> you didn't see that, right? Like, in Regina, I, didn't, I was the only one Prairie Sky. And I was like, okay, well, this is amazing. She's cool. She's awesome. And Did then, you guys, like, get on pretty quick? Yeah. I don't know why, because, like... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and then I kept coming back, like, for different events. And then what sold me on wanting to move here was two years ago during Winnipeg Pride, Cake offered me my first paid gig, and I took it. I spent Winnipeg Pride with a lot of local queens, and I got to know people like like Lita Tequila. Like, I got to know people on more of a personal level. Mm-hmm. Troy, Buffalo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> met them and like yeah it was amazing like there was like such diverse drag here and like i didn't realize how many queens and stuff were here yeah there's a ton like indigenous queens like mm-hmm. paw queens like it was crazy and then it opened my eyes and like i felt accepted here without even like trying to like acknowledge myself mm-hmm. as someone so december 2018 you moved to winnipeg mm-hmm. changed all of our lives yes you've been here for a little over a year now What's the biggest difference you've noticed between Winnipeg drag and Regina drag? Winnipeg drag is more of, like, a huge family. Everyone's, like, supported with their drag. No one's no one's excluded unless they make themselves excluded, you yeah. know? like You have to work pretty hard. Yeah. To... People acknowledge you and your talents, and they just... They love you for your drag and for you. So, like, I don't know, like, being ridiculous, it's my forte. <laughs> and people acknowledge it with open arms. How are they in terms of size? I've never, I've never been to Regina's, to Regina, or really seen Regina's drag besides mm-hmm. Maya and other queens. That came it's to legit, like triple in size. Winnipeg's is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Regina, that... Regina is so small. There's not like many performers that perform really anymore. Really? Yeah. There's a big divide in the community there. Anyways, let's bring out our next performer. Are you ready for this? Are you actually ready for this? You should be way more ready for this because it's going to be the stupidest shit you ever saw. Like, that first number was really fucking dumb. Like, really, really stupid. This is exponentially worse. And I'm using a math term. So that means you know it's bad. So everyone... Make a lot of noise for the disaster herself. She is fierce, she is disgusting, and she is she is our indigenous comedy queen. Everyone make a lot of noise for Feather Talia. So the logical part of my brain knows that it makes complete sense as to why you rose to stardom so quick because you are one of, if not the most entertaining performers to watch that I've ever seen for sure, (laughs) consistently. Thank you. So I guess it makes sense also why you would rise to fame so fast in Regina Mm -hmm. because the scene's not so big. But as soon as you came to Winnipeg, you cleaned house. Sure did. You did. You got like every highly sought after gig 
everyone was talking about you, and you really like ingrained yourself in that community so quickly. Thank you. Like like a month in, people people were already like Feather. Oh, she's been here for years. <laughs> what was your What was your secret to like blending in so well, and also just like kicking ass so quick? Well, for the first month, like well, like January, moving here, I. I came in, came in like I was a new person, like, you know, getting in face, going to gigs that I was not necessarily part of yeah, or anything. Did. I like, I just came like to show myself, like I did what I did when I first started, well, not first started, but like what I thought I needed to do is like to get people to know me, mm-hmm. go to their gigs, go support people, let me be seen, not seen, noticed. I wanted to like people to get to know me. Yeah. And so I did that and then I did some open shows and then yeah people were like cool and then you just like shot like a bullet you had like pop tart you had like mm-hmm. wh- what was it like drag brunch was it the one on ice yeah and one that See, also I was, was technically not on ice. I was I wasn't technically supposed to be in that show but Perry was like you should just do we'll do a duet together and I'm like all right but she snuck you in. and yeah we did a Number together, made outfits. I made my first dress. You didn't sew before? I did not sew. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Prairie taught me to sew. Prairie and cake. Wow. Because mm-hmm. you make custom garments. You make custom garments. I do make some cus- custom garments. You. You, your looks are, let's talk a little bit about your looks because okay. I feel like we've talked so much about you. We yeah. need to talk about the proof that's in the pudding, okay. why you're so great. You are, first of all, very beautiful as a drag queen. Thank you. But you also have this, like... And, and of course, you're a great dancer and you're a great lip syncer and all the things that are necessary to be a technically good drag queen, but you also have this very irreverent comedic timing and style that is just, like, very uh, accessible and, I guess, just, like, plain entertaining. Oh, like, you're you. so funny. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Well, how I talk about my drag I say it's fun stupid free I don't know it's like it's sexy too oh yeah I can be sexy I used to be so sexy you're very sexy thank you you have a lot of sex going on thank you but like one time Prairie Sky I think called you Winnipeg's indigenous comedy queen is that like a title that you're like proud to own yes and I was a little shocked why (laughs) because like sometimes I don't think my like my comedic edge comes across how I want it to come across, but it obviously does because people think I'm funny. How do you want it to come across? Stupid. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like I want people to like just like look at me and be like, oh my god, like really? Yeah. But like in like a fun, sarcastic way. It's yeah. always very like you kind of double down mm-hmm. and then move really quick. Like you'll have like a gag and then either you will like add on to that. Or you will just walk right away from it. And it's so funny because it's just not reference. Like, I'm thinking about the one where you were just sneezing. Oh, yeah. You would just, like, randomly sneeze every once in a while and then you just kept Mm -hmm. going. Or one of my personal favorites that I just need to talk about. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was the, it was was like, I can't live without you or something. And then you had, like, a, a hamburger in your bra. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in your other, and in your other titty. And, then, and in your crotch, yeah. and then you did a wig reveal with fries underneath, and then midway through you double down and turned into Tina Belcher. Yeah, like it's just it's like funny, accessible, clever, witty humor. See how I when I want to start doing like comedy, like doing something com- like a comedy number. Uh-huh. 
my thought was people are going to notice a great dance routine, but people are going to remember something stupid and comedic. Yes. Because, like, that's going to stick in the brain, and people are going to think about it and, like, just chuckle. Yeah. And that's kind of what my drag is. No? Mm-hmm. Fun, stupid, beautiful. Um, yeah. Very. Dark. I like being dark. Mysterious. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mysterious. A little bit emo. A little bit of gothic. Do you think that that was kind of, like, the key to your massive success? I think it did help me. Yeah, you made like, yourself memorable. Oh, yeah, and that's that was my whole goal. Like, one of the reasons I moved to Winnipeg was for drag. Mm-hmm. And just because, like, I used to think I could see myself doing drag, like, as a job. Mm-hmm. Like, as, like, like more income, which it has been. Because, like, I call it my part-time job. Yeah. Because, like, how much I do drag, it's been a lot, like, since moving here. Like, yeah. February, February till now, like, I sometimes would have, like, four gigs a week. Yeah, it was a lot. Right now, I did take a little step back just because I am with... Uh, child. I am a child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with uh, Winnipeg Court. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a step back from, like, paid gigs just to, like, do this whole more charity thing. Once I moved away from Regina, I realized how much I really enjoyed that. The court? Or the charity? The charity part. behind it. People take it way too damn serious. Like The court? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I am... am a title holder I'm doing this because I'm the best I'm the best but at the end of the day it's all for charity and like that's the only way I see it like am I ever gonna announce that I'm like my title is princess no cause that doesn't matter to me charity that's that's what I'm behind so yeah. you mean you're never gonna say hi my name is imperial crown princess of the sovereign court of Winnipeg and all of Manitoba Feather Daily yeah, probably not. Make me hear that out. See, I didn't even say that. You did. I did. Because it, it's because in Winnipeg, I think, also because I come from a generation of drag babies where, like, irreverency is mm-hmm. is special and new and fun and shiny. So titles are cool mm-hmm. because they're cool. Yeah. Because to say that you're an imperial sovereign princess is cool, but yeah. it is also a responsibility that you have to hold. So Frida Loader stepped down as imperial princess for Reign Twenty. Mm-hmm. and you became princess. How did that process come to be? Foxy asked me, and... You said, yeah? <laughs> well, not at, no, not at the beginning. Really? I, no, I was like, no, let me think about this, because if I'm going to do this for 10 months, because like, it was already two months past, mm-hmm. if I'm going to do this for 10 months, I want to make sure I'm doing it for charity and not for the whole title. Because I, I don't do anything for titles anymore. I've had my fair share. I don't need them. That's basically what I, all I was in Regina, a title holder. So, I said, let me think about it, and I got back to her in four days. Wow. Was just the thought process exactly that? Like, you you, you want to take the time to give back again? hmm And, like, one of their main uh, mandates, yeah, one of their focus, focal charities was Jeez. Sunshine House. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love Sunshine House. That's where I work, and, I mean, if I'm going to volunteer my time, it might as well go to something that I... Like have full heart for so, mm. and it was Sunshine House. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved with Sunshine House. I mean, I think I know the answer. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Parents like, you want a job still? Sure. I was offered a job after I, after one of their employees quit, and I was like, sorry, didn't quit, walked away. Um, and yeah, I said yes, and have been part of it, and I love it like so much. Like when I say I moved away from Regina to like better myself yeah no do something with oh, okay 
do something that was more creatively fulfilling. Yeah, something more fulfilling in my life. Mm-hmm. Sanjay House and like that non nonprofit organization was something that I was like leaning towards mm-hmm. that I wanted to do, and it's opened so many doors for me. Like I don't see myself wanting to do drag like all the time anymore because like I'd rather do something more fulfilling like this and like the other job I have now with Thirteen Moons Harm Reduction. Oh, you work at Thirteen Moons? Yeah. Wow, what do you do? Uh, we do some outreach work, programming, and we oh. just go out in the community and offer our services. That's so lovely. Yeah, it's nice. Like, Sunshine House opened a big door. Prairie opened a big door for me, like, in this community and in the community that I would like to work with. I have intentionally been avoiding talking about Drag Race Canada mm-hmm. this whole season of Dragon and Peg. Okay. Because I think after season one, listeners kind of realized that the difference between drag on TV and the drag in real life, there's a, there's a disparity there. Mm-hmm. And what you see on TV is obviously not real. So I've been trying to avoid that focus, but mm-hmm. I want to bring it up with you. Okay. Because you were considered to be a front runner of excellent representatives of Winnipeg and Prairie Drag. Did you apply for it? Did you submit? I did not. No? Nope. Why not? I personally don't think I am mentally ready for a big competition. Mm-hmm. Like, it might, it might not be big, but I'm not ready for a competition just yet. Yeah. I would love to see how the first season goes, just to maybe, like, excite me, make me actually want to try it out. I would like to see what Canada, like, the Drag Race Canada wants and what they've brought forward. Um, I'm not first season. I'm usually, like, second or third, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe in the future. So, if it goes well and if it gets renewed, would you consider repping Winnipeg? I would love to represent Winnipeg. I would love to represent any POC individual. POC. POC. <laughs> Q-POC people on a big TV show platform. Even yeah. though, is it on TV? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, it is. Is it? Okay. I think so. So you kind of mentioned before about how you sort of felt like a token in the Regina scene mm-hmm. for being like that indigenous queen. Would that be something that you would fear or excite you about doing because okay so here's my number one question Mm -hmm. how are indigenous people going to be represented on Drag Race Canada that is like my number one thought right now Mm -hmm. is like I want to see if the producers who are probably American can really handle the fact that like especially in Winnipeg I've said it before and I'll say it again like drag was created by indigenous queens Mm -hmm. so I want to see that kind of representation does that representation or does being that icon does that scare you does that excite you i mean it scares me to an extent only because like i feel like my knowledge on indigenous traditions or anything like that is not up to par where like some other people could be and be more of a representation mm-hmm. i feel like i would not i obviously do look like i'm indigenous like i have the skin color i have I used to have some of the mannerisms, like, you know, when they say, oh, you just talk res, girl. That was me. That used to be me, you know? Like, could I represent? Yes. Would I feel like I'm doing a good job at representing? No. And do you feel that there should be, like, a necessity for that? I'm feeling like there's... I just... I don't yeah. know. There's no, I, like, yeah. easy answer to this. It's a difficult discussion. Mm-hmm. And a difficult it is. Topic. Like, well, because, like, if you... I came from Regina. There was no... Indig- there was a few, like... Uh, mixed Métis mm. but they they didn't represent themselves as that yeah um, same thing in like I've been to Edmonton and Calgary there's not much indigenous like representation in the drag community 
and here it was like it flourished yeah no there's so many central yeah like 20 years ago the full turn of like what is now our scene was spearheaded yeah and like it was amazing like that's what made me want to come here just like there was representation like me Mm -hmm. here and it wasn't going anywhere and it also seems kind of unfair that that would have to have been a role that you fulfilled mm-hmm. when nobody else did. I yeah. mean, you're just a you're a performer like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to be held to yeah. a crazy standard? I guess I'm talking more about Regina now. Mm-hmm. Drag Race Canada is weird. We've got weird topics about it. Yeah, I, I want to see what representation there is. And I hope there's a lot of QPOC representation on it. Not just like, you know... The whole twink. Oh, I'm putting on some stilettos. I'm a drag queen now. You know, like mm-hmm. we're kind of over that. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do drag, start it. But like, just because you're a cis white gay male, don't don't make you any better than anybody else. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen, sister. Which also, like, from what I understand, I have never left Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. I have left Winnipeg, but I've never seen drag in other cities. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg seems especially diverse in terms of gender diversity like mm-hmm. there are many women afab non-binary trans people yes who are all doing drag here basically drag is kind of like a free-for-all in terms of gender yeah which confuses a lot of people but to us feels very very natural yeah exactly so is that something that you saw also in regina yes um maybe not to like winnipeg's extent mm-hmm. but yeah there was like there's a few afab queens a lot of AFAB kings. Mm. There was barely any, like, drag king type. But Winnipeg is way more, like, open and accepting to everybody, which is nice. I wish there was more, like, you need to, like, work to get, like, you know? Yeah. You can't just start coming into, like, the drag scene wanting a gig. You have to, like, earn it. You gotta earn it. You wish you had more of that? I honestly do, yeah. Really? Yeah. Because then it makes you respect your drag art more. Instead of, like, the Winnipeg model, which is basically, like, an open show every mm-hmm. every three days. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. I I like the fact that there are open shows all the time. Oh, I, I do. I do, too. But, I mean, like, everyone can do drag. But if you want to work for it, work hard. Make drag your thing. Yeah. I guess that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone's drag sucks. Mine's the only way. Yeah. I am Winnipeg drag now, so... Nobody's drag is valid, except for Feather. Except for mine. And Horny Bunny. Her name is not Horny Bunny. Oh, shoot. Sheila La. Sheila La, if you're listening, girl. We love you so much. We love you. Well, we have a little public service announcement. Whoever lost these beautiful earrings... Oh, Feather. Your earrings are over here. So, also, in the, in the, in the 11 months now that you've been mm-hmm. here... 11 whole months, almost a full year. Yeah. It feels like way longer. Um, you have a family now. I do have a drag family. A house of wolves. Yes. Adorable. Mm-hmm. It consists of... Well, there's two in Regina. Really? There was uh, three, but one doesn't really do drag anymore. Mm. Or really hasn't done drag. So who are your who are your Winnipeg daughters? Uh, so the two that are in Winnipeg is Rose Martell and Isabel Silver. Oh my god. Tell me a little bit about how you met them and what they add to your drag legacy. When I first seen um, Rose perform, I was like, who is that? Like, I really enjoy this. Like, going on stage looks like they don't give any fucks. Oh yeah, <laughs> Just does what they want to do on stage. And I was like, I admire this. And yeah. I 
just heard about like the whole scandal of Rose's drag moms and I was like you know what I'm not one to leave someone behind Mm -hmm. so I was like you know what come here you're mine now and um for Isabel it was I mean I always admired her like if you watch her perform she is like Jesus Christ she can perform yeah so she reminded me like a lot of me when I was performing and when I started and I was like I I appreciate this so much and then went on a little trip together with me Prairie Rose and Isabel and we just had the most fun time ever the Fort Franny mm-hmm. and I decided like you're gonna come be part of my family too like her and Rose were like sisters already yeah like, might as well make them like actual sisters Get the twins drag in there. sisters yeah so yeah those are my two kids in Winnipeg last question all right where do you see yourself in 10 years <laughs> Damn. where do you see, where do you where do you want to go with your drag you've said that you don't want to pursue that drag race route quite yet which right mm-hmm. now kind of feels like the only feasible way in Canada unless some other boom happens or this boom continues to grow that queens can achieve like a career out of drag mm-hmm. so what you want I will still be doing drag mm-hmm. most likely I would like to maybe like not be like a big name or anything but I would love to like be a costume maker for drag because like I I have a very creative mind mm-hmm. and like I don't know how to like make it come out so like I feel like clothes would be a great a great side hustle Feather thank you so much for sitting down with me today thank you it's been a blast thank you so much to Feather for sitting down with me our next guest is another staple a reawakened drag force in our city who's reintroduced one of Winnipeg's most beloved drag shows since he returned a few years ago he's the sweetest uncle in the world and his drag is always fun and leaves you thinking long after Here's a clip from his episode. One of the first things that I have conversations when people come to me and they, they want to do drag, one of the first conversations I have with people is like, what do you want to convey? What is it that you want people to see of you? What is, are you doing this for you? Are you doing this for people? Are you doing this to entertain? Like, I think you have to ask yourself those questions. And I think most people who are involved in the gender play shows do ask themselves those questions. They also recognize it's a safe space to do maybe those numbers that are political or leaning in a way that aren't, you know, going to be received the same way at other shows. And that's important to have because I know that for me, drag, again, like was it was healing for me. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a way to, to just take those those things and, and take control over them and and actually be able to convey ideas that I couldn't actually talk out, but I could perform. Thank you so much to Claire Boning of Veneer for the lovely intro and outro music, and until next episode, remember to always tip your local drag performers. (laughs) I'm tired. I know, me too.